Hey, you found me, and I'm so glad you did. I have a lot of fun over here at A Juicy Pear Podcast. I love interviewing people from all walks of life, and I especially like what makes a person tick. I ask the questions that people want to hear. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Wendy with the Juicy Pear Podcast, and I'm very excited about my guest today. His name is Michael Rowland. He's an author. He's won several awards for his books. He's written all different kinds of books, folks. He's coming to us from Liverpool, and I'm so excited that he's here. Hey, Michael. Good afternoon here, but good morning to you. Yeah, I, we were just saying off recording, um, you know, I would just love to go visit London and Liverpool someday. Someday I will. And I yeah, just love your accent. <laughs> Put you on your bucket list, and I enjoy. Yeah, I like your accent as well. I don't think <laughs> an accent, but it must be there somewhere. I don't have one though. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. I can't. You know, I'm not sure how I got your name. I think it was from a mutual friend. Um, yes, yeah, but Melanie, I'm so glad. Yeah, Melanie Winrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's an author as well. So I always love having authors on the show and promoting their books and things. And you have quite a wide range of um, in scope with your books. You've written children's books. Uh, you have. Let's see. You wrote a book. It's called The Key to Survival, and it won first prize in the Top Shelf Indie Book Awards in 2021. Could you tell us a little bit about that book, please? Well, because the Titanic Museum is very close, it's in Liverpool, and um, I've always been interested in the Titanic. Now, I don't know if anybody knows, but if they had the key to the uh, crow's nest binoculars, there's a chance that the uh, people could have seen the iceberg before it it crashed, well, before the Titanic crashed into it. And I just thought it'd be a good story if I could put that into a into a story for children. So it's a history book as well as an edge of the seat story. Right. And this, this young man, Jake Hollywood, finds himself in the bowels of the Titanic and he finds a key and he thinks this could be the key to survival to stop the uh, Titanic crashing into the into the iceberg. So it's um there's a bit, there's quite a lot around it, but this is also based on a lot of facts because I did I did the research, I went to the museum um, and I, I basically, it's just an exciting story for a child to learn about the Titanic, as well as having something exciting to read. I love it because, yeah, they're learning about history and it's a wonderful premise, too. I like that. Yeah. And uh, after that, I wrote another book, which is called We Are Not Alone. And that's about the Roswell alien landing in 1947. And here again, that, that's done based on research because I'm into aliens and UFOs like mad. And then the third one's about the JFK assassination, where he finds himself in Texas and he tries to prevent the assassination. But the research on that one was really interesting. I found out a lot of things that I've never I've never heard before. So here again, there's three stories, but they're historical as well as exciting for children. Just to give an insight what, what life's all about, really. Yeah, yeah. And I love the wide range and variety. But oh my goodness, when you when you said uh, aliens and UFOs, you really piqued my interest. <laughs> That's probably where I will concentrate on with your books. But you know, this has been going on for decades and decades. People have saw, and you, you know, we we're talking a little bit off recording too. We we're talking about the Beatles, and mm-hmm. you, know, you, li- you live in Liverpool, and you said uh, John Lennon even saw a UFO. Yeah, if you go on YouTube, he's actually talking to a reporter uh, in New York and a skyscraper, and he's showing basically where this UFO came across. Um, yeah, so he's seen one. David Bowie's seen one. President Carter's seen one. 
I love I love the I love the list that you got. David Bowie. Oh my gosh, I love yeah. his music. He passed well, away way too soon, by the way. I so. yeah, I saw David Bowie when he was uh, a lad insane, and then uh, Spider from Mars. I saw him in 1974, I think it was. Wow, fantastic! I bet you that was an awesome concert. Well, I might be old, but I, don't, I saw the good groups. <laughs> you did, and you were telling me off recording too that you saw the Beatles. Oh, yes, yeah. So um, yeah, so yeah, I. I but I've had a few experiences with the UFOs. Okay, yeah. So we're going to get into that. So I think, you know, people were not taking UFOs seriously up until a few years ago. And I think it was, so these Navy pilots, and I, I did a little research on it, I guess from 2014 to 2015. So the Navy had upgraded their radar systems on their F-18s. So once they upgraded the radar systems, these pilots could see things that they couldn't track before. They were tracking uh, these unexplained objects and, you know, they were saying to their superiors that there was no visible engine, no exhaust plumes, and they traveled at, you know, hypersonic speeds. And we don't have anything like that that, you know, we know of. And it was numerous uh, reports of that. And then I think that's when the government or whatever started to take these um reports seriously because you had something you know you had it on radar it couldn't be explained away as easily as it could before mm -hmm. but there's a report came out was it a couple of weeks ago saying that they'd been through all the uh, information and sightings and they put, basically they've said there's there's nothing there's no ufos nothing from another another planet but uh, honestly they're most so ridiculous yeah, we're, we're a massive universe. It's about to be something there. Sorry, my uh, cuckoo clock is going off. <laughs> it, yeah, so I apologize for that. So yeah, um, they don't even. What do they call it now? So the UFOs that travel underwater, they call they like to call them USOs, which That's is right. uh, short for unidentified submerged objects. You know, they have all these different names, and but what I like about it is they're actually taking it seriously. What was your first experience with UFO or alien or whatever you want to yeah, start with? Well, myself, my wife, my mother and my two sons went to the Lake District and we stayed in this uh, little cottage. And behind the cottage where our bedroom was, it was just a hill, uh, rocks and a stream. Now, I was really into UFOs and aliens. I was in two or three clubs in the area. During the night, a close encounter light came through the bedroom window. I mean, it was very, very bright. Well, the first thing I would have done was was to get out of bed and and find out what was it all about. But I went to sleep. Anyway, the following morning, my two sons, I think they were only about 12 or 13, ran into the bedroom and said, did you see the lights last night? They were hovering up and down. Oh, and my mother said, yeah, I heard it. I heard the sound, uh, this weird noise. But my wife didn't, right? So I found it a bit odd. Yeah. But was she sound asleep, though? Was she just maybe well, sound uh -oh. She was asleep, but... Over the past, well, the next few weeks, she used to wake up with scratches on her arms. Uh -oh. So I don't know whether she was uh, abducted while we were put to sleep, but she said she can't remember anything. Right. Anyway, after that, I went to a UFO conference in Leeds, and there was um, an admiral from America came across, and he was showing pictures of UFOs. After about half an hour, he says, those aren't UFOs. He said, those are cloud formations. I said, oh, these, these are UFOs. And some of the pictures were incredible. I left the meeting about three o'clock in the morning and there were still people listening to him. So anyway, a couple of days later, there's an area over in uh, in the Yorkshire Dales where there's a, a big sighting of UFOs. And that's actually in that, that book I've just written, uh, Ilkley Moors. So I said, come on, we'll go out and see if we can find one. 
Yeah. So we're driving down this road. There's just natural light, no street lights. Was this at night? And we were about 10 o'clock at night. Okay. And it was a triangle light, and it was hovering. And oh. it was about ooh, 200 metres away. Anyway, my wife said, oh, pull up, pull up. We don't want to go any further. So we pulled up, but I, and I got out of the car. And my wife said, get back in, get back in. And, and one of my sons only came. And I said, okay. So I got back in the car. I said, turn around. So I turned it round, and it still hovered. And I thought, wait a minute. I've come all this way to see if I can find a UFO. So I turned round, and I drove towards it. And as I drove towards it, it went straight up in the sky. Oh, wow. Did you hear anything? No. That's what it, they say. It, There's no noise, no nothing. No, it's just there. No. Yeah, but um, I say the book, the new book I just brought out about UFOs, it's based basically around a, a gentleman called Tony Dodd. He was a policeman, God rest his soul, and he had an alien friend who looked after him. Oh, and and his stories are very very good. So I based this first book around hi- the history of and his life of Tony Dodd with my little bits as well that I've added into it. But um, but apart from the story, put at the end of the book facts that I've gleaned from the website from. Well, dozens of books I've got about UFOs. Just to give an insight for people to make their own decision, is there something out there? So he had an alien friend. So did this this thing kind of visit him from time to time? Was it something that he met in childhood or early adulthood and then just... No, it was a policeman. And he uh, he, he saw this uh, spaceship one night and he always sensed that there was somebody around him. Okay. And he he used to go all over the world. He went to Florida to a meeting, and after the meeting, he sat down with a, a colleague of his, and he was approached by the men in black. Oh, now that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of what I put in the book, because the, the title's called The Skylights, Always the Skylights, and the men in black, that's that's something that I always say to people when they come to uh, interview you. If, so if you've seen a, a UFO and you report it, Nine times out of ten, you'll get a visit from the men in black. Oh, that's and, creepy. Now, what's the, what is this? Is your book? Could you say the yeah. title again for our folks? What the title is again? It's called, it's called the Skylights. Always the Skylights. The Skylights. Okay, and that's available on Amazon. All on Amazon, yes. Okay, I gotta check that out. And who do you think the men in black are? Do you think they are an alien that's just kind of disguising themselves and thinking, okay, we want to see how much the humans know? Before we scrub their mind or whatever, or is it government officials and uh, and aliens? Because these particular ones that Tony Dodd got to see, they uh, they were white. They they didn't have any eyebrows. They were robotic in their voices, so it was sounded weird. But yet, other witnesses have said that they they basically are dressed in black and they're more human than alien. So I think there's a mixture of both. Like maybe hybrid? Probably so. You never know. Well, they say they're walking amongst us anyway, aren't they? Right. You know, they can change They can change themselves into a human being or whatever. So, uh, yeah. That's so fascinating. So, yeah. Have you heard about the Mothman prophecies? The Mothman? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mothman, yeah. yeah. So there's a Mothman festival that's going to be happening later, later this year in the fall. And I'm going to be taking my daughter down there, um, you know, where the Silver Bridge collapsed in Ohio. Yes. And uh, very infamous, many people were killed. But they said, um, you know, in the months prior to that, John Keel, who was like instrumental in that, as far as, you know, he was a New York Times reporter, was getting some strange stories, you know, from Ohio there and thought, you know, I'm going to go investigate. Mm-hmm. He had some very strange experiences from Men in Black, saw some UFOs, had some really weird stuff, strange things that happened to him. 
Yeah, and I think he even saw the Mothman too. And the Mothman's like this supposed, you know, entity that people saw months prior to the big uh, yeah. Silver yeah. Bridge collapse. Did that guy disappear though? I mean, I read that a few weeks ago. What happened to the reporter? Um, he so he he passed away a long time ago, but during that time, it was like I, I want to say it was like 1967 or 69, somewhere around there. It was December. Mm-hmm. Um, in late in the late 60s when the bridge collapse happened. But prior to that, some strange things were happening around uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is just really close to uh, Ohio. And so he went down there to investigate and he was working with another reporter down there. Her name was Mary Heyer, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was the local news reporter and people, she would get a lot of the reports from people saying that they saw this, these strange, this strange thing flying around with red eyes and um, from people that, you know, they trusted from police officers, you know, just people that uh, were kind of pillars in the community. And, you know, they didn't really have a need to make up a story. Mm -hmm. So she would write about these uh, stories. And then she started getting visits from men in black and they were not so nice to her. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a whole whole story down there but i can't wait to go visit uh that place in, in the fall yeah i mean i i'm still reading quite a lot about ufos and aliens with the second book as well but uh, yeah it's fascinating i mean I'm a, I'm a conspiracy nut anyway because i've written two books about 9-11 so i mean anything like that it, it just picks my it picks my interest it does so you had the first occurrence where you saw bright lights did mm-hmm. you have any others as you got older or did you actually see an alien or have some friends that actually no, saw? But the weird thing about it, my, my wife does have nightmares where she actually wakes up and says there's somebody at the bottom of the bed. Oh, boy. She's seen that quite a few times. I haven't seen it, but she, but my wife has. Now, I don't know whether she was actually uh, abducted at some stage. but uh, It sounds like she might have been. Yeah, and even when she's away with the sisters – that happens again, but uh, you know, I, I say I, I've met a lot of people who've had the experience, and uh, I mean, I, I say the, the one in the Lake District was a really, really weird one, especially when everybody saw them apart from uh, apart from my wife, and then the one also when I saw the triangle flying about. I'd love to see it come properly, that you know, hovering above the, above the house. But but uh, <laughs> that'd be so mother, scary, though. You'd be like, no, I don't want to see you. <laughs> oh no, no. A friend of mine's mother, uh, she actually saw one going over the over her house. Oh, uh, you got to tell us about that one. She's passed away now, but she said that she was stood by a house, and next to it was a school, and she just stood there. She said, and this saucer just flew across very slowly. And just hovered and then just disappeared. And she said, I mean, she, I mean, she said all the faculties, she wasn't old. She said, but I saw it, you know. So, yeah, there's something out there. Yeah. Something from the future coming back or whether it's aliens from another planet. I don't know. I mean, I've actually just been looking at a, a, a YouTube about Buzz Aldrin. And in three uh, interviews, he said that they never went to the moon. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's... I don't think they did anyway. Honestly, I don't. I mean, if you look at the state of the lander, moon lander, and what gets me is when you talk to people is, how did they get that buggy, that moon buggy on the moon? It's bigger than the moon lander. So I don't know. I I just find it (laughs) fascinating. And then you get, um, what's his name, Um, Nixon talking to him on a landline. There's certain areas where you can't even get a landline, you can't get a mobile phone line. Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, it is. Why do you think the government suppresses all of this UFO stuff? Do you think, I mean, they're getting better, but do you feel like there would be so 
much mass chaos. I think that would be it. it. When people realize like, oh, we're not really actually in charge. There's a higher intelligence out there that could really do some damage. And so they're just yeah. going to ignore it and look the other way. Well, what about religion? Yeah. How does that come into play with religion? Um, for sure. Yeah. I think that's going to be the bigger problem. But again, I don't know. I, well, they must be friendly because they're not attacking us. They're just right. watching us. I mean, it's like the um, uh, the cows that they find with the insides cut out like a laser beam and all the crop circles. I mean, I, I have a couple of books with crop circles. I mean, yeah. I mean they're, they're, some of the, as far as crop circles, some of it is fake. They've caught people actually doing it. Yeah. But some of it, I don't know. It would it would be kind of hard to explain. Uh, yeah. Very intricate and done so quickly. And yeah, there's it, it's it's rather puzzling, isn't it? it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. There's a lot of puzzling things out there, but uh, yeah, it's what you believe and um, just take it from. Just don't believe everything you see on Facebook. That's the main thing. Right. Exactly. Okay, so you wrote a book about JFK, conspiracy theorist. Um, yep. Okay, so how did you go about doing that? And what piqued your interest, I guess, for that? What makes what got you excited? Like, you know what? I'm going to write a book about that. Well, because oh, the kids survived about the Titanic and the Roswell. But then I thought another one for children to be interested in. Now, it was oh, in yeah. 19... Uh, I mean, I can remember it. They always say if you're alive, you can always remember what happened when JFK was murdered. So I brought. Yeah, JFK. my mom. Oh, sorry. I want to. I apologize for interrupt. But yeah, I remember my mom. You know, my mom saying she was at. Uh, she was in school and she was in the library, and they um, they kind of announced it, and everybody was just walking around absolutely in shock, like they mm -hmm. could not believe it. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Well, when I was doing the research, um, as I say, everybody who was alive in that time who could remember, President Bush Sr. said he couldn't remember where he was. But the reports and the research that I found that he was actually seen outside the book depository on the morning when JFK was assassinated. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got the the woman, the Baluka woman, that Russian woman that we dressed up that uh, hasn't been found. And you've got the guy with the umbrella. Yeah, it, 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 the uh, cars came past. He lifted the umbrella up and opened his umbrella, even though it was sunny, like a warning. So there was a lot of other things that I in the research. Basically, it's just Jake trying to find a way of trying to stop the assassination. Right. And by doing that, and it's also a story around the, the grassy knoll yeah. and the bullet. Um, the yeah, bullet the bullet theory too, because it seemed from, you know, I've, Gosh, I, I want to say that I, I watched a documentary quite a while back, but it seemed to me that they had, you know, they, they did an autopsy. They, they were showing him, and there was a couple bullets that they were coming from different directions. The bullet that hit Kennedy, then it went at a different angle, and then an angle again. and it Hit went the governor, to, yeah. So, I mean, that's called the magic bullet. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It, it's weird. It's it, strange. Honestly, it is, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah it, it's it, it, well, it's frightening in a way because if the government was behind it, such as nine eleven, which I think there was anyway, they, they were party to it. Um, it just makes you, it makes you frightened, you know, what a government can do. And changing the subject slightly, it's like COVID. I mean, when you think about COVID, what the government did, especially over here in the UK, you know, it, well, I'm I'm actually reading a lot about that at the moment because we've got a big investigation over in the UK, which has been going on since 2021. I don't think okay. lasts another four or five years. So, yeah, the government can manipulate you and then they can brainwash you basically into, into what they want you to think. Yeah, you really have to be an advocate 
for your own self. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like it is like the wild, wild west. And it's just yeah. like anything goes and you really have to kind of decide things for yourself. Really. You can't yeah. determine yeah. other people too, because it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. But there's horrible things from COVID, but there was some other things too, where I think it forced people into um, thinking outside the box. Like, okay, this isn't, you know, normal work day. Isn't going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Sitting at home. Um, you know, and, and kind of just brainstorming, what am I going to do? And yeah, that's actually how I started my podcast is because oh, I was just yeah so sick yeah. of the incessant negativity all the time on the news and everything. I'm like, oh gosh, I, I need to have something pleasant and joyful. And yeah. so I thought, you know what, I want to have, I want to have a podcast and I want to have some cool people on that mm-hmm. talk about diff- all different topics and things and just have something that's kind of pleasant. And yeah, it's been very fun. Yeah, no, I've seen some of what you've done. It's quite interesting. But, uh, I mean, I've done podcasts for the past, well, 14 years. I, I mean, I've, I've Yeah, and I didn't, 14 years ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. So, no, I, I, yeah, no. I, no. I know how to work a computer, but that's about it. I'm not <laughs> yeah, really, I had I'm to gonna, take a yeah. podcast class to, you know, figure yeah. out all the ins and outs of it. Because, oh, right. yeah, I'm sorry, what was that? No, no I mean, I say I'm, I'm probably computer illiterate rather than computer illiterate. <laughs> Well, you know, they're always changing things, you know, always, you know, you got to be up on it and uh, it's, uh, it can be a drag sometimes, but anyway, but what's cool about technology is you're across the big old pond and we're just talking to each other like you're in just the other room. So that's frightening, (laughs) absolutely frightening. Yes, (laughs) Uh, It's been lovely to talk to you. Um, Let people know, give yourself a plug, let people know where they can get your books. And I know you have a website coming out soon too. So go ahead and let people know. Say my name's Michael Rowland. Um, I have quite, I've got two books about 9-11, 9-11 Official Complicity and 9-11 Blank Canvas. Then I've got um, a true story called Morocco or Bust, August 69. Now, as you say, 1969, me and six friends, we bought an old clapped-out Bedford van and we decided to drive to Morocco in it. Fabulous. Yeah, and bear in mind, there was no sat-navs, it was just paper maps. And we set off on the 1st of August and we broke down after 10 minutes. But um, (laughs) unbeknownst to me, uh, one of the seven, Steve, uh, well, actually, he met his wife on the holiday in 1969. He got married in 1971 and he disappeared for 43 years. And I found him on Facebook. Oh, wow. And I rang him up one morning and I talked to him and, you know, he was one of my best friends. And uh, six out of seven get together about twice a year now. Anyway, in 2018, he said to me, um, you know, he knew that I was an author. He said, I, I did a diary. I did a diary of the, the holiday. So I said, well, let me have a look at it, and I'll, I'll try and turn it into a book. And it's just it's just won three awards. Fantastic. And what is the name of that book? Morocco August, August 69. Okay, and so. That's the true story, is that? It sounds like a lot of cool stuff happened to you. Yeah, but then uh, last year, uh, the six of us got together again, and Steve in Scotland, because we went to, went to his birthday, he said uh, he had a camper van. Well, I'm sorry, a motorhome, because the motorhome's got the toilet in. And, uh, and one of them said, would it be good if we could do it again? Now, oh. we're in our 70s now, so we, we couldn't do that. But I did. I wrote another book, right? Okay. And it's called Five, Five Old Gits and a Motorhome. And basically, it shows a going again in a motorhome down to Morocco. Fantastic. But I based it around my and my family's experiences in in France. I mean, we had some really, really harrowing experiences. So I turned that into a book, and that was picked up by Fran Briggs over in America as oh, one nice. of the best, yeah, best uh, autumn books. So that was that one. I also write, as you mentioned before, uh, I write for children as well under the 
pen name of Daniel M. Warlock, okay. which is W-A-R-L-O-C, and it's an anagram of Michael Rowland, right? And then I didn't want to associate serious books with children's books. Now, after I wrote the 9-11 book, I've always had a, a, an idea for a children's book called Leap Year, and it's about three boys, in actual fact, they're my three grandsons, become trapped in an old orphanage on the 29th of February and then leap year. Oh, and if, yeah. if they don't solve the, 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 the riddle by sunrise, they'll be stuck in the house or the orphanage for the three uh, for four more years. Oh, that's an interesting premise. I like that. Yeah, and uh, then there's two more books after that, Leap in the Dark and Leap of Faith. And then I wrote another one called Christmas Presents, and that's about a little boy in 1967 who buys three tree spirits that come alive, and there's a shadow thief, so that was just a one-off. And then I wrote a picture, children's picture book, which you can see there. Can you see that? Yeah, Rudolph's Little Helper, cute. Yeah, and that's about a little uh, little reindeer with three legs called Hopper, and his dream is to pull Santa's sledge on Christmas Eve. And then uh, I, worked, I worked for the Autistic Society for three years, and I realised that there's no other books out there for children with autism and learning difficulties. Yeah. So I wrote 16 short stories, um, and they're all on Amazon. Okay. So, yeah, there's only about 40, 50 pages, but it gives uh, an insight into children what, they, what to expect as they get older, you know, yeah. strange danger, you know, right. just... You know, children that are colorblind and just things like that, just to make them realize what life's all about. Yeah, so it's important. Do you have like an author, Amazon author page? Yes, it's on, if you go on Michael Rowland uh, for my books. and then Just you type go, your name in on Amazon like, and all your books. Okay. Daniel M. Warlock for the children's and okay. then Michael Rowland for the, uh, the series books. Yeah. Okay. And I'll have, uh, and folks, I'll have all this info in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the Juicy Care. I appreciate it. No, thank you for the invite. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, it's been lovely. Have yeah. a good one. Same to you. thank you for listening and I'm so glad you're here. I had so much fun and hope you enjoyed this episode. To hear more episodes, please subscribe to my website, ajuicypairpodcast.com. See you there. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy, and you just listened to another episode of the Juicy Pear Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Each week, I have new content, and I love talking with creatives. Tell your friends and family. And if you're feeling led, hey, you can buy me a coffee on ajuicypearpodcast.com.